Okay, welcome. Official welcome. Just want to start by just sharing something of where I've been this week and um, Helen Attery, before she flew off to Singapore, came with us too and um, Liz Saunders too. Um, We've been here to Harrogate to the New Wine National Leadership Conference between Tuesday and Thursday. Um, 1,800 church leaders from across the country including Anna's lovely sister, who I bumped into and had a great chat with. Um, And it was a really amazing, encouraging time. I want to encourage you and say, you know, there's been a whole load of difficult stuff in the media about church lately. But I want to say there is much hope. The church is alive and well. And God is doing a significant new thing. I think I've just, just been up to All Saints and I just shared with them that in my 11 years of ordained ministry... I don't think there's been a time where God's been as clearly on the move as he has been in the last three weeks. And I mean locally, I mean nationally, and I mean internationally. And I think it's been kicking off from Asbury. And I look around here and I know some of the stories of what God's been doing in you guys. And we're going to tell some more stories this morning. And God's on the move. Friday morning's prayer meeting here, St. Andrew's. Um, Normally we pray 9 till 9.45. God took over. At 9.30 I said, we don't have to stop at 9.45. And at 10.15, you know, we were still going. And it was just amazing. We were all on our feet and praying like we've never prayed before. And I think God was revealing stuff to us about the next few months. We're going to hear some other stories of our young people here, what God's been doing with them this week. It's so encouraging. And also to encourage you, if you look at the top right picture up there, um, that's a picture of Rich and Kath Johnson from All Saints Worcester, who were commissioned on Tuesday night as the new national leaders of New Wine. And I feel really privileged that, you know, we are the closest New Wine church now to the national leaders. And they're a great blessing, and we want to pray for them, we want to support them. I've said to Rich, we are all your friends in Malvern are really cheering you on. So come and use our centre if you need anything for any retreat days or whatever. But that's really exciting. And one of the the new wine, there were stories of how what we've heard from Asbury about, you know, God meeting people, students particularly, and services going on for ages. They are happening in this country. There's a couple of stories about a church of young people where they had to stop the service at 1.30 in the morning because it was going on. There was another story of how some young people were having a service, and then after the service lasted ages, and then they all went to McDonald's, and they carried on having a prayer meeting at McDonald's. You know, this is exciting stuff which we haven't seen before, and I want to encourage us to press into it. And there's been a phrase which they've used a a, a lot. I heard about four times at the conference, and I heard before that as well, and it was Rich Johnson used it when we were at New Wine Gathering in Worcester last Sunday, which is this one. God comes where he's wanted. Now, I think also God comes where he isn't wanted. (laughs) But I think God particularly comes when he's wanted and when we're hungry. And I want to just encourage us at the start of today's service. Have you come with great expectancy, hungry for God, wanting God this morning? If you have, that's great. If you haven't, you've got a little bit of moment now 
just to tell God, I want you, or I want to want you. There was a word that somewhere we were praying before the start of the service, and it, someone had a word about um, seeing a sheet of ice, and uh, that that is a barrier for some someone, and that actually God wants to break through it. And maybe actually if you come this morning with a barrier, then actually just ask God to smash that barrier, to break through it. That's you saying, God, I want you. I want you. So can we just begin with a moment's silence and a moment to get our hearts right with God? And it may mean that we need to confess, first of all, where we've not wanted God this week, where we've lived away from him. And just let's confess and say sorry. And let's just ask God to tell God we want him or tell God we want to want him and ask him to come in us individually and as a church this morning. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. So let's stand. You know, Jesus invites us to come. I shared that picture a couple of weeks ago or last week. I'm losing track of these weeks. Jesus holds out his hand to each one of us this morning saying, come. Let's stand and we're going to just speak out a psalm as we begin. Psalm 24, I'll say the bits in yellow, you say the bits in white. Who may ascend the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? The one who has clean hands and a pure heart. Who does not trust in an idol or swear by a false god. And I want to say, if we've confessed this morning, if we've asked for forgiveness, actually, we don't come still burdened with that mess. We come with a clean heart because of what Jesus has done for us. We are those people who are coming with a clean heart. They will receive blessing from the Lord and vindication from God, their Savior. Such is the generation of those who seek him, who seek your face, God of Jacob. Have we come to seek his face? This morning, come and seek his face. Lift up your heads, your heads, you gates. Be lifted up, you ancient doors, that the king of glory may come in. Who is this king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, you gates. Lift them up, you ancient doors, that the king of glory may come in. Who is he, this king of glory? The Lord Almighty, he is the King of glory. And we say, Lord, today, we say that you are the Lord Almighty, that you are the King of glory. And as we're reflecting on at the men's retreat morning, we're sorry, Lord, when we make you too small and ourselves too big. And we say, today, may we see you for who you are, where we see just how enormous and almighty and amazing you are. And will you meet us? Will you come as we worship you? Let's sing. The instruments are over there in that corner there. If any of our young people would like to come and bang some instruments. I don't know if the flags are around. Are the flags there as well, Dave? Are the flags there? Yeah, and the flags as well. Okay.
welcome you here today as we come to worship you. We come humbly before you to seek your face. And we say, let your fire fall down. Let your Holy Spirit's fire fall on us. Empower us afresh. Just give us a bigger picture of who you are. Just meet us in this place. Just encourage those who today need encouragement. Challenge those who today need challenge. Comfort those today who come needing huge comforts. But may we know your presence. May we know you with us. And we thank you, Lord. We thank you that you are here. We thank you, Lord. Oh, my God. 
this song's called Gratitude, and I would just love to invite anyone to just shout out anything that they're grateful for from God. It might be a little tiny thing, something that God's done this week, or just something of who he is. Just speak out words, phrases of gratitude to our gods. My lovely grandchildren, <laughs> child. <laughs> the amazing bunch of men who met for the men's retreat morning yesterday. So Lord, we thank you for all these things. We thank you for all you give us. We thank you for your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. Do be seated, and I'd love the children um, to come up to the front, and I'm going to need one of you to win a special prize. Right, you can come up. Right, if everyone else sits down, Isaac's going to come and help me. Now, come around here, Isaac. Now, Isaac, you will see in front of you that we have two bowls. We have a wooden brown one, and we have a plastic red one. And underneath those bowls are two prizes. You can either win a £1.99 enormous bar of dairy milk chocolates... Or you can win a Try Praying booklet. <laughs> Any ideas which you might like most? You want to go for that one? Yeah. You, which of the prizes are you hoping it is most? The You're hoping it's the chocolate? <laughs> Shall we see? Can we have a drum roll? You have won a Try Praying booklet, which is to help you learn how to pray. You know, I knew you'd choose the red one. Psychological about the red one. So I put the big jar of bar of dairy milk chocolate underneath here. Now, you see, the reason why I've done this is because actually we're talking about fasting today. And we're talking about making a choice sometimes between the things we really like and want, chocolates and other things. And actually spending time with God in prayer. And particularly this season called Lent, often what we do is we give up things like chocolate. That's why we have Easter eggs on Easter Sunday, because that's the end of Lent and we celebrate having chocolate again. And some of us just have chocolate. I I felt really guilty at the men's retreat morning where we had so many lovely pastries. It felt wrong in Lent, but you know, God's bigger than that. So actually we're going to be talking this morning about actually giving things up that we really want and really like in order to spend more time with God and to come to know God better. Making a little sacrifice so that we can get to know God better. And it isn't just about food, it might be actually giving up your favourite television programme 
or giving up something else that you really like, or those of us giving up social media or whatever. Anything that actually at the moment takes up a lot of our time and our interest and our energy, and actually we lay it aside for these few weeks and we actually commit to pray for God to move and for God to meet us in a powerful way. So how do you feel about your praying booklet? That was a good answer. Now, I'm going to come to a deal with you, Isaac. And my deal is this. If you read and use your Try Praying booklets, I'm going to give you also the chocolate. But actually, you're not allowed to eat it this week. I'm going to give it to your parents. And if they, you've used that and tried praying this week, then next Sunday, I'm going to ask them to give you this bar of chocolate. But you've got to share it with your family. How's that? Is that all right? Yeah. You got that, parents? There you go. Give him a clap, shall we? But this was a bit of fun. But seriously, you know, we're going to be talking about fasting. Daryl's going to be talking about fasting to the adults today. But I wanted the children to hear about some of this too. Because I want you, I want to encourage you to think, is there anything you might give up, but not just give it up to say, I've given that up for Lent, but actually instead to pray Because we're going to hear from Polly a bit later on, who's going to talk about how she's been doing a little bit of fasting since the very start of this year for the young people of this church. Because God's given us such a burden to pray for you guys and for the youth that God would meet you. And we've got some amazing stories of what God's been doing. And Liz is going to come up with one of our young people, I think, and come and tell one of those stories. But while she's coming up, I've also given this little card out to the adults. And I'm hoping that... Did they go out to the children or not? Okay, if you haven't got one, children, then I want you to get one on your way out, or you might, well, actually, yeah, get one on the way out. Because on the back, what they've got is a special prayer at the front, which we call the St. Andrews and All Saints Prayer, which we put together a few years ago. These have been reprinted this week, and there's an extra slight difference. I want you to pray, play, spot the difference, those of you who've seen this before, because I'm very delighted about spot the difference. It's not the pink cards. So we'll come to those later. You've got two cards today, two giveaways. It's the blue ones. And if you haven't got given, has anyone not got? Okay, if you haven't, we'll bring some more. But on the back of that, it says pray for five. And actually, what there are, there are five blobs there, and it encourages you to pray for five of your friends who don't yet know Jesus, who don't come to church. And what I'd love you to do, all of you, is to go home tonight, or we might even do that in your groups, and think, who are five of my friends that I can pray for between now and Easter, that God would meet them, and maybe that they would actually come to church with me and come and find out more about Jesus? Do you think you could do that? And I'm going to ask the adults to choose five of their friends, but there's an extra thing for the adults. Adults, you've got, I want to say, something extra this year. Because God is moving amongst the young people, I want you to commit to having one of your blobs, one of your people, to pray for a young person. Okay? Now, if you don't know any names of our young people, then email Liz, and Liz will give you a name to pray for. But I just, wouldn't it be amazing if every one of us in the church, every day through Lent, is praying, at least praying for one young person, that God would meet them. So I think that's really exciting. So grab one of these on the way out and see if you can do that. Now, we're just going to hear this great story. I'm going to hand over to Liz because I, other than a quick couple of WhatsApp messages on Friday night, I haven't heard this story. So Liz, come on, come to the, come over, come right into the centre. Hello. 
Hello. So, for those that don't know me, I'm Liz and uh, youth ministry leader at the moment uh, with our lovely youth. Would you like to introduce yourself and tell us which group you come to? I come to Pathfinders and I'm at Anna L. And we had a really exciting evening on Friday. We went to Worcester, uh, to St. Peter's Baptist Church in Worcester. And we joined with about 100 young people from 11 different church youth groups, which was just amazing. And instead of me telling you how fantastic it was, I've asked Anna and Annarelle if she could come up and tell us uh, what she enjoyed most. Tell us about the first half of the evening first. Well, the first half we played lots of games that was really fun. And I got to find lots of my friends from other churches. So that was really fun. What was the best game? Probably dodgeball. That I actually played. I didn't play the football. <laughs> it was brilliant. And so, I don't know if anyone's been to St. Peter's Baptist Church, but they have a sports hall. And so I had a little bit of church envy of their facilities. Uh, but the best bit, I think, for me was just seeing all the young people together and joining in and playing. And it didn't matter what churches people came from, did it? Everybody was all together, which was great. What do we do next? Then we went upstairs and did a Bible study. And we talk to God and met all the other youth because we had to mix a bit. <laughs> yeah, they were really unkind and made you talk to people, weren't they? <laughs> so we all went upstairs into the top of the church uh, and they had cleared all of the chairs out, hadn't they? And they had got blankets on the floor and some uh, fidget toys, which were just amazing to play with. Um, lots of cushions. And do you know what I really liked? I really liked the cross in the corner with all the fairy lights on. Yeah, so if anybody has got some big pieces of wood that wouldn't mind lending to me, I've got an idea for them. <laughs> so we then had a speaker who, who talked to you guys, didn't he? Um, and he talked about some of his experiences and talked about Lent and about God. And then we had some time for worship. And can you remember who was in their band, how old they were? It was mainly all the youth. They were brilliant. So it was all of their youth band that played, uh, and they sang some brilliant songs. Some of them we've sung this morning, actually, which has been lovely. Um, but there was just a real sense of all of these youth groups coming together uh, to praise God in Jesus' name, which was just incredible. Um, different denominations, different churches, uh, same God, same Jesus, same young people. So anyway, thank you for coming with me. I had a great time. <laughs> me too. <laughs> Thanks so much. And I just, just to say, I, I've heard too since via Twitter, it's amazing what you find out via Twitter, that I think there are over 100 young people there, and 30 of them, including some of ours, which is really exciting, made commitments to follow Jesus, which is just brilliant. And I hope we'll hear more about that in the future, when we might be doing some baptisms. So... Exciting stuff. We're going to pray for our children and uh, Pathfinders as they go out. Make sure you collect one of these cards on the way out. Write down who your friends are. And actually, everybody has got a Try Praying booklet to take away as well. I've given them to your leaders, so there's a, everyone's going to get one as well. Let's pray as you go out. Lord, we thank you for our children and young people and their leaders. Uh, we thank you for these exciting news of what you're doing amongst youth in Worcester. And we just pray blessing on them, that you would meet them in a really powerful way this morning. That there will be more stories of our young people wanting to say, I want to follow Jesus. And learning to pray and learning to follow you wholeheartedly in the whole of their lives. And I pray as they take their prayer cards away and think about who, which friends could they pray for. I pray that that won't just be something that's forgotten by tomorrow. 
but that actually in a few weeks' time we might be talking of stories of the people that they prayed for coming and joining us and coming to faith too. In Jesus' name, amen. I was giving these out at All Saints this morning, and it was lovely because as I looked in the congregation, I saw someone who was on my prayer card when I first, we first put this out, who was sitting in the congregation, who wasn't sitting in the congregation when I first wrote her name on it, and it was very exciting. We're going to um, have our Bible reading now. Lynn's going to come and read to us. two readings this morning. The first reading is from Matthew 6, verse 16 to 18, which can be found on page 970 of the Church Bibles. Fasting. When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others that they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your Father, who is unseen. And your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. Second reading is from Luke chapter 4, verse 1 to 14, which can be found on 1030. Jesus is tested in the wilderness. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and at the end of them, he was hungry. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell the stone to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone. The devil led him up to a high place and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And he said to him, I will give you all their authority and splendor. It has been given to me and I can give it to anyone I want to. If you worship me, it will all be yours. Jesus answered, It is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. The devil led him to Jerusalem and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he said, Throw yourself down from here. For it is written, He will command his angels concerning you to guard you carefully. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered, It is said, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished all this tempting, he left him until an opportune time. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news about him spread through the whole countryside. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Daryl, do come up. This is Daryl's first preach at the 10.30. He's preached at the evening service. Um, Some of you may not know Daryl. Daryl, do you want to just very, very quickly just say something of who you are? Those of you who are (laughs) men at men's breakfast will have heard uh, him speak a couple of uh, months ago. Um, I'm fairly recent. Well, recent, about a year and a half, two, two years in Melbourne. We've been coming to this church for most of that time. Uh, due to a family situation, my wife and I are not able to come together yet, but we hope we will be able to in the future, so we kind of alternate. Uh, we moved from Mozambique before that. We've been there for eight years on mission in Mozambique uh, as a family. And my older daughter is in, in uh, Edinburgh at university, and my younger daughter is with us at home. She's doing A-levels at the moment. Brilliant. Thank you. 
do chat to Daryl afterwards if you don't know him. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for Daryl and for his story and for his faith and for his perseverance in difficult times. And just thank you for his gift of teaching. And I pray that you would speak through him. Pray that you'd open our hearts to hear what you want to say and that you'd move with power this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. <coughs> okay, so thank you. Ah, that's good. So this is our second in our series of holy habits. Let me just put a stopwatch on so I know what I'm doing with time. Right. When it clicks over the hour, I've not gone too long. <laughs> so as you know, last week Dave spoke to us on meditating on the scriptures and really encouraged us to come with a, with a, a new style of life where, where the word of God becomes food for us. It becomes something that dwells in our hearts richly. And this week I've been asked to speak on fasting. So to begin with, I'd really like to clear up a couple of things. So firstly, for many of us, when we hear the word fasting, I don't know what that does in your heart, but for many Christians, you get this vague sense of guilt, like I really should be doing that. Um, Maybe you think, there are some special people I know who do that sometimes, but not very many people when they hear this is going to be about fasting think, yay, I really wanted to know about that. I want to bring that into my life. So, we feel this is something we should do, but we don't really. For, m- for many of us, it's not really incorporated in our lives at all. Our, our church traditions don't really have much of that either for most of the church traditions we come from. So the first point I want to make is, um, and I'm really happy to be corrected on this, but I cannot find anywhere in the Old Testament or the New Testament where God actually commands anybody to fast. I just want to leave that with you. <laughs> It's, so be free. You're not, you're not obligated. You don't have to do this. There is nothing for you to feel guilty about. That's the first thing I want to come across to you. Please, God, help us with that. Release us from obligations that we don't have. The second point is that in the scriptures, if you follow through fasting in the scriptures, people fast for lots of different reasons. And there are sometimes people fast in the Old Testament for reasons that are no longer appropriate. So, for example, there is no need for you to fast if you need forgiveness. The cross has covered that. Fasting does not make it more or less likely than you will be, that you'll be forgiven. You're forgiven by confessing your sins and you are forgiven through the blood of Christ on the cross. So there is no fasting for forgiveness. Um, also, there is no fasting for God's favour. If you are a child of God, you cannot be any more favoured than you are. He will not. He he can't augment his favour on you. So if you're thinking, I really need God's favour for this thing or that thing, I'm going to fast, you're wasting your time. God's favour is on you. So be released from that. Third point. So these are quick. Um, Third point is that Fasting in Scripture, so there is a, some of you might have thought, oh no, but God says about the Day of Atonement. There is a command in Scripture about the Day of Atonement where God says to the people of Israel, this is a holy day and you are to afflict yourselves or to afflict your souls for that day. As you go through the Scriptures, that 
people took that to be, how are we going to afflict ourselves? We'll, we won't eat for the day. And Jewish people do that too today on the, on the Day of Atonement. And it is, it's an extraordinary day in Israel. Everything, at least when my wife and I live there, it, it's, everything stops. You can walk down the main freeways. No one is doing anything on the Day of Atonement. It's an amazing day. And no one's eating. Um, but the phrase to afflict yourself, what it, what it actually means is you restrict your choices. You bring a kind of a poverty on yourself by not choosing things, by cutting yourself off from certain things. And so that's sort of simplified to, well, we just won't eat. But the phrase is to afflict yourself or afflict your souls. So in my opinion, and this is an opinion which actually happily Dave has also expressed, um, fasting, fasting is, can apply to anything in which we set aside a, a, for a defined, I say that for a defined period of time, okay? We set aside for a defined period of time to deny ourselves something that is both good and pleasurable to us to intentionally focus on God and on His priorities. So that's a bit of a mouthful. I probably could have phrased that better. There's a few things to point out there. You're setting aside something that is good in itself and pleasurable to you. There was a time when we were involved with a church in Israel that often did congregational fasts. And I remember the young people getting fed up with this at one point saying, we're going to fast from vegetables. (laughs) We will only eat meat and desserts for this whole 40 days. (laughs) Not quite that way. It is a, it, there is an aspect of it which is that you feel in yourself, I have been restricted by this. That's, a, that's an important part of it. So, as Dave said, it could be TV. It could be, I mean, guys, it could be I'm going to fast from football. I'm not going to watch football for the next 30 seconds or for the next week or for the, <laughs> or for the next year. Imagine what that would do for your marriage. Um, Social media, all of those things. So there's a, there's a lovely booklet that Dave's put in the notices um, and there's a lot more details on how to go about fasting and the background of it. Please do refer to that. I'm not going to go into lots of the nitty-gritty about it. I'm not really very qualified to tell you lots about how you should fast. But I do want to speak about what is coming out of the Bible. I've hopefully so far in the last six minutes, I've helped you feel released from I have to fast. If that burden, God, please raise that burden from your hearts so you don't feel like, oh, I have to fast. And so now we can talk about why you might want to. And there are two key words that Jesus gives us from the scriptures that really help us on this. So the first word, what I want to say is that fasting expresses intimacy. And that's that's key point number one. Fasting expresses intimacy. And if we have a look at the, uh, the scripture in Matthew 6, that Lynn read out for us, these are really easy to skip over, these, uh, these teachings in the, um, in the Sermon on the Mount. But there's some points in it that can help us a lot. So we're familiar with the beginning of it. Don't disfigure your face. Put oil on your head, which is kind of weird. I guess maybe hair gel might count for that now. Um, if people do hair gel these days, I don't know. I don't have hair, so. <laughs> um, they disfigure their faces, so that, but the point is that they're fasting so other people can see them and go, oh, 
holy person who's fasting. And God says, well, this person has their reward. But I want to pick up what uh, what Jesus says in verse 17. Anoint your oil, wash your face in verse 18. That your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. So if someone said to you, listen, there's something that I want you and me to do together. We're going to do this frequently. We're going to do it in a secret place. Please don't let any weird stuff come into your mind. We're going to do this in a secret place and no one else will ever know but you and me. What is that? That's an invitation to intimacy. That's, you know, holy relationships, holy relationships are intimate. They are exclusive. There's an exclusivity in a holy relationship. And God is saying, I want that with you. If you're here and you're not a believer in Jesus, the person who brought you is probably appalled because it's on fasting. But but let this sink into your heart. God wants an intimate relationship with you. He doesn't want you to do stuff. He could easily get you to do stuff by making things really unpleasant for you not to do that stuff. That's not hard for God. He wants you to know him and he wants to be known by you. He wants intimacy. So through all of human history, um, people have been seeking, how could I approach God? It's right from back at Cain and Abel. How do we approach this God who we're separate from because of brokenness and things we don't really understand? And people have invented lots of different ways. There are not many of those ways that God accepts. Fasting, God accepts. This is a means of approach to me. God says, I like that. I like it when you do that. If you go and do your crystals or your Ouija boards, I don't like that. That's not a means of approach I accept. Fasting, I do accept. These three things that um, Jesus lists of prayer and fasting and giving, God says, I accept those. Those are ways you can approach and, and have an intimate relationship with me. So, this is something God wants to be just between you and him. Now, there's some context in which you obviously can't keep your fasting secret. But the point of it is that you are not using your fasting to try to grow your kudos with people around you. That's a one-way street. You get from them, there is nothing in it for you in your relationship with God. So that's the first word. Second word is, um, I'm going to flip over to Luke, which is not one of the scriptures that, that uh, Lynn read out. But there's very little teaching in the New Testament on fasting. Okay, these two passages are pretty much it. Luke chapter 5. And you probably know this passage is where some, um, some Pharisees or some of John's disciples and Pharisees came to, uh, to Jesus' disciples and said, well, everybody's fasting. Why aren't you guys fasting? That's, I'm paraphrasing that. And in verse 34, Jesus takes up the discussion and answers them and says, can you make wedding guests fast while the bridegroom is with them. The days will come when the bridegroom is taken away and then they will fast in those days. 
So um, Jewish people did fast in their calendar. So obviously this is true of Jesus' disciples. But this is a really fascinating thing. Jesus is saying here, there is a period of time in human history when it is not appropriate for my followers to fast. And that's those three years for his disciples when he was with them. Why? Because it's party time. Because the bridegroom is here. You would, you just wouldn't. There's something, there's something about the presence of the bridegroom that makes the practice of fasting just not appropriate. You just wouldn't do it. And that's because there's an aspect in fasting which is about mourning. Why would you mourn when the party's on? You wouldn't do it. It's not appropriate. And this is something else really quite interesting about fasting. Um, I'm not sure what I've got here. Here we go. Uh, Fasting is one of the few spiritual disciplines that will, will not apply eternally. Okay, so there's actually a window now between when Jesus ascended to heaven and between, and when he returns, when it is right for us to fast. We will pray off into eternity. We will worship into eternity. We'll probably experience silence in eternity, perhaps. Don't know. And we'll certainly be meditating on the word of God into eternity, but we will not be fasting because we will be with the bridegroom. So these years, these few years of history are where this is an appropriate discipline. And the, and the fasting, it turns on the presence or the absence of the bridegroom. Okay? I, uh, I was engaged to my wife while I was in Mozambique for the first time in 2001. And I can tell you that everything I did there was was in some way affected by the fact that my fiance was not with me. I would talk to people about her. I would call her. I mean, there's pictures of me calling her from logs where I'm trying to get phone signal in the middle of Africa. Um, I, we spent a lot of our money on phones, phone cards it was back then that you bought so you could do long-distance calls. It affected everything I did. She was always in my mind, and I think I was always in hers. It was the absence of this person that I was betrothed to affected my whole life. I was never going to settle in Mozambique while she was not there. Yeah? This is, this is who we are, brothers and sisters. We are those whose heart is with another who is absent. Okay? We live this life with the, with the present spirit of God, okay, I'm not, not saying that God is not here. Of course he is. He's here by his spirit. But there is a difference in the presence of the spirit and the physical presence of the bridegroom. He is absent, absent from us. And while the world celebrates and invests and they fate one another, we are looking for the return of our beloved. That's how we live. And sometimes we will find that the best expression of this heart reality is for us to set aside some of the distractions of the world and some of the good things. I mean, if you've got addictions and things in your life, goodness me, God help you, please get free. That's not about fasting. It's the good things. 
It's the things that are beneficial in your life, that are pleasant to you. And we say, no, I'm not doing that because I'm remembering my beloved is not here. So why should we fast? This is not an exhaustive list. Um, Firstly, it is a means of approach to God. Uh, If you are finding your own prayer life is, is dry, if you're struggling in your scripture reading, maybe it's a good time to say, you know what, maybe I should incorporate some fasting into my life. Now, the thought of that might be appalling to you. But let the Spirit start to stir you and say, no, really, inside you, inside, if you're a believer in Jesus, that longing is in your heart. It, you don't have to work it up, it's there. Your Spirit is calling out and saying, come Lord Jesus, come. Every day. And sometimes the junk that we lay on top of it means we don't hear it. So there can be periods we just say, I'm going to lay some of that aside so I can let the drumbeat of the Spirit come through in my life for my beloved. It's a means of approach. It's a mercy. It's for us. God doesn't, I'm not saying God doesn't care. It's not, it doesn't matter to God if you eat or don't eat. He wants to be with you. It's for you that you would fast in that context. Fasting can be a lifestyle. In a sense, again, as people who follow Jesus, this is true of us. You remember, if anyone would come after me, let him, let him uh, deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. Well, well denying yourself is, a, is fasting in some ways. As believers in Jesus, we live a lifestyle where we follow a master who denied himself and calls us to do the same. We... Um, it means that we're a people who embrace a life of self-denial. There's a lot of things that the world does that we just, I'm not doing that. That's a lifestyle of self-denial. And because we are people who've been bought with a price, everything we eat or drink or watch or wear or do or think, they all fall in the scope of lives that have been bought with a price. They're all, all of our activity is his. So in some sense, um, there's, there's, a, there's a lifestyle of saying, I'm saying no to things because I'm his. In Romans 8, there's this, um, there's this understanding of an unrelenting battle between the flesh and the spirit and it's winner takes all. So fasting on any level can be an effective step into the walk of the Spirit and away from the desires of the flesh. Fasting can express the mourning or the longing. Mourning is a strange word in that context, but Jesus does use it. The longing for the return of the beloved. Uh, The life that we are living with its comforts and with its rewards and its distractions is not why we are here We are not here to make a name for ourselves. We are not here to be successful. We are not here to be comfortable. That is not why we are here. We live for another and he is absent and he is returning. So this can be a way for us to express that we're not of this world and that our prize is with the one who comes. Fasting can help us to direct our focus So what gets in the way of our worship? What's blocking us? What is distracting us when we set ourselves aside to 
to um, talk with the Lord. The fasting of Jesus, so the passage that Lynn read to us about the fasting of Jesus, he immersed himself in the Father because he knew that an assault from the enemy was coming. And so he thought, I don't need physical strength. I need to be absolutely consumed with the intimacy I have with my Father. Fasting can help us to focus on particular prayers or in times when discernment is needed. So in the, in the Acts of the Apostles, a group of church leaders fast for a period of days and at the end of that time they say, well, Paul and Barnabas, you're out of here. You're on your mission. Whether they were fasting to have discernment about what should happen next or whether that just came out of their time of fasting, we don't know. But it was a place where decisions was made. Finally, fasting can help us step towards breaking the bonds of affliction. We don't have time this morning, but Isaiah 58 is a famous passage of God's heart on fasting. And in that passage, God is saying to the people of Israel, you can't fast and then do your own pleasure on the day that you're fasting. What's more, you can't fast and it be acceptable to me if your fasting is not breaking the bonds of affliction, dealing with the poor and with the oppressed, helping them. So as, as we turn Godward in prayer and fasting, the Spirit will definitely direct our hearts towards the poor and afflicted. In a way, what we do is we let the shadows of affliction that we sort of experience in our fasting, so it's a little, little affliction, you let that open your heart to the lives of those who live in affliction, who have no choice about it, have no choice about what they eat or where they live or how they live. And God would have us echo his heart in those situations. Um, Sharing your bread with the hungry, that means that you actually go without bread so the hungry can have bread. And that's what comes through in Isaiah 58. So those are... Those are just some reasons why you might want to fast. So I guess to just sum up, there's, there's, a, there's two things I, I really would love for you to hear. The first is you are free. You are not obligated. Don't walk out of here thinking, oh, I can't fast. I'm just so guilty. That's not what God would have for you. But this is a, a tool which God approves of that you can draw near to him in intimacy, focus your prayers on his purposes. Amen. Thank you so much, Carl. That's so helpful. Um, And I know you've talked about not... um, about keeping fasting secret, but I'm looking at... Where's Polly gone? Oh, she's there. Polly, come up here, because this isn't Polly wanting to keep, not keep things secret at all. I have asked Polly, because actually I think sometimes fasting with others can just help us to keep going, can't it? And can it can spur one another on, because it's his heart. Now, um, Polly, um, you've, you're one of the chaos team at the moment, and you've got a real heart for young people, haven't you? So tell us what you felt God asked you to do at the beginning of the year. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I've got to say, actually, thanks, Daryl. Because <laughs> now I feel like I really don't want to do this. No, don't, but, no. But, no, but, no and, and that's no. why I'm saying we're freeing you. This is to inspire no, I'll us. I'll be really honest. Um, 
Dave and I had a conversation uh, where we were talking about the youth, and I felt that I wanted to really encourage Dave mm -hmm. uh, in the youth and just say that, I, uh, and I even said to you, actually, I'm not really sure whether I should share this because I totally agree with what Daryl is saying, um, but I want you to know that, that God's called me to fast and pray every Thursday for the youth. I want you to know that God's on this, and it's not just your heart. This is, this is you know, people in the church, it's their heart is being caught by God to fast and pray for the youth. So I think, I suppose the first thing that I want to say was, like, I totally agree with you, Daryl, and, and I do feel a bit like, ah, don't come and say anything. But but it but it came out of relationship. That's I suppose that's that's really what um, yeah is, is that it came out of relationship. Relationship obviously in the church, but relationship with God. I felt God call me to fast and pray. I've like fasted and prayed for for most of my um, Christian life, and again not out of a religious duty, but but often it would just be like when I felt like uh, you know God say just a prompting. How about fasting and praying about that or if I felt myself get into a bit of like dryness or religion, then I would be like, oh, do you know what? I really, I feel like I need to fast and pray here because, or addictions, like I am a broken person and I come from an addictive background. So if there was things that I felt taken over a little bit, then I would also like um, fast and pray just as a way of kind of um, like really silencing my flesh. I suppose that's how I perceive it is it silences my flesh. Like when John says, you know, more of you and less of me, I really feel that that's what happens when I fast and pray, is that it silences the flesh and it just gives more room in the spirit to either speak or minister or or whatever. So, so yeah. tell us what, what you, you fasted Thursdays. What's that actually look like for yeah. you? Yeah, well, I suppose... And again, this isn't just... <laughs> Keeping the secrets from God, but we're doing it because yeah. you want to inspire yeah, yeah, us. Yeah, sure. Yeah, and I believe in the power of testimony. So, um, so, so I'd always, like I said, uh, kind of fasted and prayed out of relationship. Like if I felt God, and sometimes it it might not be for a, for a month or so, but I just feel like God say fast and pray. Um, but but something that we learned, I worked for a, a Christian organisation, and something that had been kind of mirrored to me, and we were learning about was. Um, kind of Christian disciplines and I, I was mirrored from, from someone who I really respect to do it on a more regular basis, like a set time. Um, and a good friend of mine, he, he does it kind of like on a weekly basis about something in particular. And so when I started with chaos, um, I really felt like, actually, do you know what? I feel like this is something that I need to be actually purposeful about. I need to be really pressing into this. I need to be on the front foot as it's such and, and putting this day in. So I felt, I really felt like, okay, let's do this on a weekly basis now, because obviously with chaos, we, we meet uh, on a weekly basis on a Sunday night. And I, so I felt like, no, do you know, I, I feel like I'm calling like every Thursday, I need to be fasting and praying and just just really asking God's power to move because we can go and do whatever we want to do in there under our own strength, but it's actually only God who can save these young people and do, do anything in his life. So I, I think that's why it became a, a more regular thing. I just felt like God really challenged me and it had been mirrored to me as well. And so in those times where you would have eaten, hmm. do you pray instead or how does that work? Yeah, so... <laughs> or is it just you sit at the table and rest your family while I eat? Tell me, what has it worked? I'll be really honest, I hate fasting. <laughs> I really... Like, my, like one of my um, addictions that I've come from is a food addiction. 
And so for me, like the thought of not having food for a long time is really not my favorite. Uh, so I hate fasting. And every morning when I know it's a Thursday, I'm kind of like, oh, am I sure that this is what God has called me to? Am I absolutely? But then as I enter into it, so I just start. And, and just when I think about food, I go, oh, actually, no, do you know what? Let's just pray. Let's just start praying. Let's just start. God, I just lift those young people to you. I just, what do you want to do? And um, so, I, so I work from home on that day as well when I'm fasting and praying. And so it's a good opportunity when I can just like stick a podcast on if I feel led that way um, or, or just get on my knees because there's nobody else around as well. So, so I do that. But it's just, and so at lunchtime, and I'm generally like I'm, I'm not very good uh i get pretty weak if i do like i've never done a 40 day or anything like that and, and even a full day i've tried a full day once but i found that i couldn't I, I, I just felt terrible the next day so i fast kind of um they do you can do a 24 hour so like after food the night before you then fast till like tea time so tea time to tea time so just the just the daytime so it's just breakfast and lunch um and every time i think about food which for me like i say is usually quite often uh, yeah, I, I just shoot up a prayer. And, and like often I'll just have my journal with me as well. While I'm working at the table, I'll just have my journal with me. And if anything comes up, then I'll just like scribble it down and know that that's something, you know, or a scripture to pray or, yeah, it just works like that. that that's so helpful. Can I encourage you, if you want to know more, going to find Polly afterwards and go and talk to her or ring her up and say, can we have a coffee in the week? But I'm not going to talk about it. No, no, but, but no, but this is, this is permission to talk with her. <laughs> Because actually this is about inspiring others. But I just want to say, I think the prayers and the fasting of Polly and there's others who have been doing it as part of the Chaos team, I think we're seeing the fruit of that. You know, if anyone heard Tom Laidler's testimony at the evening service a few weeks ago, just God's met him. Five young people giving their lives to Christ on Friday night. More and more people coming to our Pathfinders and Chaos groups. You know, God's at work, and I think God's honouring this. And actually, maybe there are others here who actually want to join with Polly and say, actually, I want to join with you. And yes, do talk about it, because actually it's encouraging each other, isn't it, to keep going and to doing that and sharing stories. So thank you so much, Polly. And but I'll just, I'll just say, actually, I totally agree with what you're saying, but I'll just say, I, I, uh, I, f- I feel like actually God is doing something and we're all jumping in no, on I, it. I, I absolutely like, agree. It's, it's, it's not a... Uh, it's not... Um, it's not the fasting has triggered this, but yes. yeah, no, I, I, and I yeah. absolutely agree. And seeing what's happening nationally and worldwide, yeah. it's not Polly's fasting which has set off Asbury. I don't believe no. it's. I think God knew Asbury was going to happen. I mean, I wish it was, but I think God knew Asbury was going to happen, and actually has called us to prepare that this is a season where God's at work. So let's press in even more. Yeah. Thank you so much for that. Can I invite you to stand? We're going to um, the band come up. We're going to um, just first of all just affirm our faith in God's. And then we're going to sing a couple of songs. And actually, I just want to encourage you in those songs to just say, God, what do you want to say to me this morning? And I'm so glad Daryl talked about releasing from guilt. But just allow God to maybe put on your heart. Maybe actually it's about a conversation with God. Say, God, what are you burdening me with? Like you burdened Polly with the youth. What are you burdening me with to pray for? And it might mean fasting or it might just mean just praying every day for it. But let's first affirm who God is. So we say together in faith, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, 
who was and is and is to come. We believe in God the Father who created all things, for by his will they were created and have their being. We believe in God the Son who was slain, for with his blood he purchased us for God, from every tribe and language, from every people and nation. We believe in God the Holy Spirit. The Spirit and the Bride say, Come. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. Amen. Yeah.
from what Daryl shared about anyone here who doesn't know Jesus, who isn't a believer, who's here just checking it out, and just that word about God longing just to know you intimately. Just really sense as we sing this song, if that's you, if that resonates with you, or maybe even if you've just drifted far off and it's a long time since you've known God's presence. God longs to know you. And that's what this fasting stuff's about. You know, he just wants to know you intimately and just share his love with you. And if you don't know that here, if you don't know yet, yet know Jesus, you know, please do come and talk to one of us at the end or even just pray now. God, I want to know you more. I don't know who you are, but I want to know you. So just let God meet you. Be 
let's just do that. Let's just be still. Because the power of the Lord is moving in this place. And just I want you to ask God in prayer in this stillness, what do you want to say to me in response to what you've heard this morning? Maybe God, for some, is placing a real burden to pray and fast for something or someone or some situation. And that's what he's inviting you to, not because you have to. Maybe some, he just longs for you to have a deeper intimacy with him and he's saying, just come and get away with me. And also just think about that word about addictions. You know, if there are people here who actually know, if you're honest, that actually there's addictions in your life that you're pretending aren't there. You know, there are many others in this church who've faced addictions and want to, yeah, would love to walk with you in that and to guide you. But maybe just God wants to meet you and say, I want to break those in you, but you can't do it on your own. But maybe actually setting aside time with God is the starting point. So let's just be still. And Holy Spirit, I just say, would you meet each one of us where we are right now? Joe is going to lead us in prayer now and um, she'll explain how. But do take a seat and let's continue in that place of prayer. Prayer, the most important thing in our whole Christian repertoire, if we can put it like that. To be able to pray, to have that conversation with God, that in intimacy of talking with him and him speaking with us. There's nothing like it. There's nothing like it. And Dave said right at the beginning of our service, he said, God will come where he's wanted. And when we want him, we come in prayer, don't we? And so let's just think together how better we can do that, particularly during this season of Lent when we are concentrating on trying to deepen our relationship with God himself. And I think you all should have received a little card as you came in. If not, do make sure you get one as you leave. And it talks about setting time aside and fasting, but on one side, it's talking about reviewing your day, and this can be a really good tool for thinking about your life and your relationship with God day by day. And so we're going to do just that as we're sitting here, and I'll just sort of lead you in this procedure, but let's, not a procedure, not a recipe, but let's just absorb what God wants us to what, what he wants to say to us and what we perhaps want to say to him.
So let's just make ourselves comfortable. You've been sitting a while, just sort of wriggle and then stay and just pause. Lord, we commit ourselves to this present moment with you. We allow our bodies to become still, releasing all tension. We listen to the sounds around us and are aware of the stillness that encompasses things. In the silence, we open ourselves to you. Reviewing our day, this is a great way to look for God's presence in our life day by day and deepen that. And perhaps we could spend five or ten minutes, depending on our schedule, being silent and listening to God and discover more of what he wants to do in our lives. Now as we do this, let's think about yesterday, simply because we've only had a little bit of today, so we haven't got much to review yet, perhaps. So we'll think about yesterday, which was Saturday the 4th of March. That is the day that we will review. And then tonight, you can review today, if you wish. So Holy Spirit, come upon us, guide our thoughts, and help us to play back yesterday before you. Let's be honest. What was good and what was not good about your day yesterday? What was good and what was not good? Just spend a few moments thinking about that in honesty before God. Think about gratitude, how grateful we are. How did we walk closely with God yesterday? Where were we in tune with God's Spirit? What or who helped us with that? 
What have we got to give thanks for? Perhaps we were out of harmony with God, in disharmony, away from his spirit. What is God saying to us through these times and feelings? Is there anything we need to confess before God or ask him to heal or transform us? Let's spend time thinking of that. And finally, grace, that amazing grace of God. Let's thank God for his acceptance and love of who we are, just as we are, just as we are at this minute, on this Sunday morning. Let's ask for his strength and help for this day ahead. Grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Shall we join together now in saying the Lord's Prayer, that very special prayer? Let, shall we stand? Shall we just stand and say that prayer together? Our Father, in heaven. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. And we modelled that today because we want to encourage each and every one of us to try doing that over Lent. So that's why we've given you the cards. That's why we did it with you, particularly. Thank you, Joe, for leading us beautifully. But I encourage you to just do that each night. Um, and um, just see what God does. Could someone go out and get the children? Because I think it would be lovely to finish with the children if they want to come, if they're in the middle of doing something, do. Um, very quickly, I'm going to go backwards on to my notices. There are a couple of things to just highlight. Oh, hang on. 
Um, there are prayer times. Do come and join us for prayer. God's, they're, they're really exciting places to be on Zoom, even if you can drop in just for 10 minutes on Zoom or um, All Saints Wednesday, Friday at St. Andrews. Come and join us. Uh, the Lectio course, the midweek course started this week. If you want to join the midweek course, it's not too late to join. You just can catch up online on the first week on what they've done. The evening extra course is happening on Tuesday, which I'm going to be leading with a few others uh, from here at 7.30 here on Tuesday. And most life groups, I think, are doing this. Again, it just reinforces what we've been teaching in the last couple of weeks. Uh, we're looking for people to come and help out, spring clean the church as a way of worshipping God next Saturday morning. Do come, because Derek doesn't want to be on his own, nine till four, drop in at any time um, and uh, enjoy meeting others. And if you don't get our, our weekly mailing and would like to, then that's how to do it. There's a little um, welcome card on the welcome desk. Do pack that up, which tells you how you can do it. That's where we put all the stuff. Can I have the collection up, actually, and then we're going to finish off by singing. So we're going we're gonna to just say thank you to God for these provisions and... Um, then we'll finish. So we just want to say thank you for his amazing provision. As we say that, we have a latest appointment to announce, which is Jan Mitchell is going to be um, our extra administrator for 12, 15 hours a week to allow Liz to do the youth ministry leader role for now. And we're delighted. We were going to only employ them initially for, until the end of September, but we've managed to get the diocese to pay for the roles until the end of the year. So they're at least there, and I hope that will carry on, but I'm not allowed to say that. But thank you, Lord, for your provision. Thank you for Jan as she stepped into this new role in a couple of weeks. Thank you for all those who give electronically too. And we pray your blessing on this, that you will continue to give us the resources we need to fulfill your mission in this place. In the name of Jesus. Amen. So we're going to finish by singing the blessing um, over each other. But I want to also just say, if God has stirred things in your heart today, and you'd like someone to pray, perhaps you wanting more intimacy with God, perhaps God's put a burden on your heart to pray for, and you want to just come forward to say, this is my commitment to pray for that. Or perhaps even that stuff about addiction, you know, whatever or anything else, please do come forward if some people could come and pray, offer to pray with others during this song, and let's say the blessing as we go. Coffee, um, I nearly, I nearly said, and not biscuits today, is in the, is in the hall. But actually, you know, this is grace, and we're not going to be guilty. So go and enjoy a biscuit if you'd like to, and go and abstain from biscuit if you don't. Um, but let's just bless each other. Come, if you're able.
may the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you and go with you. May you know his presence, may you know his love, may you know his power as you go from here. May he stir up in each one of us just a hunger to know him better and to see his kingdom come in this place. And wherever we go to our mission fields now and in the days to come this week, may God use us. May we open to be open to the Spirit's promptings as to how he wants to use us to bring in his kingdom, to proclaim and demonstrate the good news of Jesus that is amazing news, transforming news for our broken worlds. So we go, Lord, with our hands open, with our feet ready, with our hearts and our minds turned towards you. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Band are going to carry on playing quietly. If you'd like more prayer, please do come forward. If you want to stay and just be in God's presence, do. If you want to talk, go into the hall and have coffee. Um, But let's just carry on and let God do what he needs to do still.